I'm here with Alex Milway, who's the author of an amazing trilogy of Mouse Hunter books, The Mouse Hunter and the Curse of Mousebeard. I've just read them both, and I couldn't recommend them highly enough. And now I'm on tenterhooks waiting for the last one. And it's set in this wonderful world of, of very weird mice. So tell us a bit about that world and, and where the idea came from, Alex. Oh, the idea re- originally came from a, a really simple little drawing I did of a... Of a I guess he was a sailor pirate with a great big beard. Uh-huh. And uh, it was a little fairy tale that I drew the picture for. Um, but for some reason, his beard seemed to have too much space in it, so I drew a little mouse in his beard. <laughs> and I mean, then one became two and three, and, and gradually the idea of mouse beard, the pirate, was born. And um, it was just a strange thing when you feel like this is an idea that has legs and I maybe make it go a bit bigger. And uh-huh. it turned into a, a longer book. Um, I, yeah, I, I plotted out a proper story. So it got bigger and bigger. Bigger and bigger. Uh-huh. And so, so Mouse Beard's one of the characters in the book. Like, like you said, he's a parrot. Tell me about a few of the characters. Which, which do you like the most? And, and his name's obvious. Where did the other names come from? Well, the main, the main character is Emmeline, who's a mousekeeper. And the idea of the world is that it's a place where people collect mice, like their precious diamonds or precious uh-huh. jewels. And uh, you have collections of all the greatest mice around the world, and, and Emmeline, being a mousekeeper, looks after the greatest collection in Old Town, which is where the story's set. Okay. And uh, so Emmeline is, is, I guess she's trained to be a mousekeeper, but she finds, a, I don't know, she gets caught up in a, a sort of adventure story, which, which takes us mm-hmm. all over the world. All, it's all concerning a certain type of mouse, which I can't reveal, otherwise it would be giving away too much of the story. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's all just about mice and the world that sort of loves them. So, Alex, of course, you're actually multi-talented, and you don't just <laughs> write your mm. books; you <laughs> you illustrate them as well, um, which I think is a great ability to have. Uh, but I was wondering, sort of, what comes first? You've talked about that a bit already, but how do your illustrations influence and inspire your writing, and and how does it work the other way around too? Well, I think it all um, came out of sketchbooks and notebooks. And a lot of this was obviously, you know, when you're writing a book, generally uh, you're doing it with, with your first book, particularly when you've got a day job or you're trying, you know, working mm-hmm. every evening, every weekend and whenever time you've got. And uh, the only way I could really do it while commuting into work every day was in my notebook. And I've got hundreds of notebooks now, but you, you, you draw as much as you... Well, I draw as much as I scribble if I have uh-huh. an idea. It, it, uh, like a lot of the characters initially came from a drawing... Okay. Which I, I mean, it's kind of weird to say that, but just that you know, you see a glimpse of their eyes or something, and you draw a big beard or something. You put a hat on them, or give them a, you know, give give them some clothing, and their character starts to form, and and it develops from there. So so often the pictures come first for you. Very much so. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in terms of the the atmosphere, definitely, I think that the pictures really help me. I mean, I I think there's a trend for books for older and older kids. Um, to become more illustrated because we're maybe in more of a visual era um, but I, I suppose the converse of that is what what I loved about books when I was growing up was that it was your own imagination everyone reads a different book in a way I, how do you feel about putting your illustrations and how you imagine the characters to be in the books? Do you think that helps? Or? Well, I've, I always found, and I always think, actually, is that the, the, what I'm actually trying to create is something very similar to a film. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to mm-hmm. write books, obviously, but um, 
I want the effect to be much like reading a, uh, watching a film I mean I, 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 I don't think there's anything wrong with having pictures in books and I think it, the world is changing in terms of people really yeah, want illustrations oh, I, I agree in with you now. there mm-hmm. and I, but I, I think it's a it's a way in I mean particularly if you've got you can write as much as you like but ultimately if there's a one picture and you're flicking through the book and it takes your eye you think okay this is interesting for me you know have, have them both why why, why you know why, why not why yourself? <laughs> no, absolutely so you've talked about where the actual idea for the Mouse Hunter series came from and it was from drawing in your notebook and sketching this picture of a of a pirate and some people might think that's a bit strange why pirate I mean have you drawn other pirates do you like pirates what's what's, what's the deal with them oh yeah, I absolutely love pirates and I love sailing and I love well, I love the idea of cannons on a ship as well mm. I, I, and the whole mechanism of how it works really intrigues me I mean one of my the mice in the books is the powder mouse that I was just going to say I love powder mice <laughs> so he's a trained kind of runner that has a little backpack on so the mouse keeper will fill up his little backpack, put him on the ground, and he'll run off to and, and basically do the role of a powder monkey in the ship, which was, would have been a little boy running around between the cannons to make sure they always had gunpowder. And, and I think that that's that's one of the things I really like about the mouse hunter is that I've, I've tried to give mice roles that on the ship that other back mm-hmm. in the old days other maybe kids would have or other people would have. So up um, in the rigging as well. Yeah, you'd have rigger mice mm-hmm. and, and all that sort of thing. Um, I must make it clear that it's not. Like it's actually humans, and and they aren't anthropomorphic mice, which look like humans, because the, everyone always seems to think that it's about pirate mice, um, but the books aren't about that. So, um, but yeah, pi- pirates are really important to me. I think there's a real excitement about them, and and particularly when th- th- there's a freedom to sailing and a freedom plus with that excitement, and and they're kind of naughty as well. There's, there's a nastiness <laughs> to them, um, I, and I think I think it's just a great thing to have as a baddie, as a, as a pirate. Well, you talk about being baddies and and naughtiness and nastiness to them but I was struck that you can't always judge a book by its cover and and maybe not all your pirates are as nasty as people might first think. No, well, that's probably true but then it would be a very dull day wouldn't it if everybody was quite quite straight and, and you knew your baddies and you knew your goodies uh-huh. I, mean, I think I, 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 don't, I think it's very easy in kids books to, to make the baddie out to be a baddie the goodie is a goodie and also, it's really dull. Kids, kids know that goodies. No, nobody's particularly perfect, mm-hmm. and then, you know. I mean, I know it's it, it's. Um, but I like those twists and turns, and those maybe shades of grey of character that you don't always see in kids' books. No, I, I think that's true, and I, I mean, I, Harry Potter's filled with it, and I, th- mm-hmm. I think it's it's a case where uh, kids aren't as as young as they were really, and, and but, I mean, I know you know they like young things, but you still have this feeling that they need. They need to be slightly more complicated, almost. That some of the, yeah, it, it, uh-huh. you can't just be as simple as you used to be. You know, I think that's right. So, Alex, and you're in a position that a lot of people would envy. Loads of people would love to be a published author. So, how did it happen to you? How did you first get that that contract? Well, I was really lucky. Um, I actually, I mean, I, one of the things is I did uh, before writing was I worked in publishing and I worked on the computers okay. doing, as a sub-editor, doing, you know, checking, spell-checking, grammar-checking, laying out stuff, learning how to publish things, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was so... I had no confidence whatsoever with my writing, but I'd finished a book. I mean, I'd finished this Mouse Hunter story. Then it was called Mouse Beard. Okay. And um, I, I actually had one made. I had one copy made, and 
because I, I couldn't send it to any. I could, uh, so I, I, so I, there's a collector's edition out there. Mm-hmm. It's somewhere. It's currently lost at a friend's parents' house. Somewhere, <laughs> if it still exists. Um, I love you, Nile, wherever you are. Um, but yeah, this is strange. I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't have the confidence to send my manuscript out to publishers, but I had the confidence to actually make the book. <laughs> but even though I had only one copy, but I had that, I had that strange confidence. And, and it was in my bag, and I was, I was proofing it as I'd go into work every month. I'd, I'd be uh-huh. reading it, I'd be crossing things out, saying this is rubbish. And I went to a little art, uh, art show, for, which was a friend's part-time degree course. And one of the people there actually worked at Favour and Favour, so I had the book in my bag, and uh, it was just one of those things... Uh, my other half, Katie, took the book out of my bag because I still had no confidence <laughs> and wouldn't do you anything with it. You were going to do it. I, I, was hiding, I was hiding in the corner and Katie rushed off with this book and gave it to this person who was really lovely, really delightfully lovely person. And, um, and, and, and I looked at it and said, hey, that's really great. And, and I said, can I have it back? Because <laughs> it's the only one I've got. And, uh, and didn't let her go on with it, but got her email address and then forwarded her like, the first few chapters and, and that was it. So... I was incredibly lucky on that score. I didn't have any rejection letters, didn't have to go through any of that. And, and I, I, yeah, I, I feel so so bad about the fact I had to go through none of that pain and, uh, <laughs> and, and horror. So the, the Mouse Hunter is basically this great adventure story that starts off in Old Town and travels around the mouse trading world with pirates and whatever. Um, and... But apart from that, are there any sort of themes underlying the book that you've thought about that you're trying to sort of introduce your readers to, that, things that you might feel strongly about? Well, I think absolutely. Yeah. There's, uh, in a kind of strange way, there's, a, there's a quite a big environmental kind of message that's in there. And, and mm-hmm. a lot of this takes the shape of the, the Mouse Hunter's Almanac, which in between each chapter you have a drawing and a description of each mouse, which is uh, it's an encyclopedia, basically, of mice. Um, a brilliant thing, and they have coded messages. There's little codes that I've still not cracked it. <laughs> it's easy, it's awesome. <laughs> but um, the, uh, yeah, the, the, I think within these little mice stories, like, yeah, there's almost little parables of environmental themes. So you, you do have um, mice that have been hunted to extinction, or mm-hmm. mice that haven't been very well suited to their environment, particularly all because of a mutational trait, like the, the orange mouse is is unfortunately bright orange so is continually hunted down by its prey which which means that it actually likes being kept in captivity because it doesn't get eaten all the time uh-huh. um, there's always little stories and in, in, in the latest one there are things about there's a mouse that has horns but it's hunted for its uh, hunted down for, for medical ivory, or yeah yeah pretty very, yeah, very and, and for okay. medical purposes and stuff like, which is just uh, little things that really I suppose there's there's a, there's a bit of heart and a bit of thought gone into it about mm-hmm. whether these animals are well, also, there's the treatment of animals, whether the animals have been looked after, and there's a lot of that oh, in the books. Sure. Yes. So you've talked about how you got your publishing contract um, with none of those nasty rejection letters and stuff like that. So now you are a bona fide author, and you've got these two books published, a third on its way, and then a, a new series coming, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. What's it like being an author? How's your life changed? How do people react to you? Well, um, my life's changed in that I now have lots of societies to join. Mm-hmm. That's quite exciting. I can be a member of it, as many number of clubs as I like. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I really enjoy going to the classes and, and talking to uh, kids about it all. Oh, and get, school visits. School visits, yeah. And, and uh-huh. also, I mean, I've done a few bookshops up the hill in Crystal Palace and uh, Bookseller Crow, just to give them a thumbs up there. 
Um, I, I really enjoy that. I, I think there's. It's, it's when I was a kid, I thought it was very difficult to actually. Uh, you, you just didn't. The, the people were so uh, writers, particularly, were so distant. Yeah. I think you, you just you, there's never any bridge between them. But now with the internet, and everything it's it's actually very easy to them closer. You can email people and you can ask uh-huh. people questions and and I, I think actually I actively want to get into schools and talk to kids about writing and, and, and drawing, particularly, and, and say so it's possible you can actually become a writer or an illustrator. And because uh, I know when I was a kid, it was just uh, you know. London, particularly, was a world away. I mean, I, I came here a lot, but the, 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 this this kind of uh, this world was was inaccessible almost. And you were yeah. always told that you couldn't become. It was almost impossible to become. Oh, don't, don't bother trying to do that. It'd mm-hmm. just be really hard. You know, go, <laughs> uh, just, uh, you know, I was a, I was a, a painter at fine art, and my granddad would always go, "You can always come and paint my house." You know, and it's like <laughs> it's just that awful, that awful feeling of like that. No, I'm trying to be more than that. I want to be a painter, like uh-huh. a real painter. So, so what advice would you give to people growing up who want to be illustrators or, or oh, writers or whatever? I just think you've got to do as much of it as you can. I mean, I, I mean, I think I came to it quite late, really, in that I, I'm one of those people that does a bit of everything, mm-hmm. and so there's never actually much chance to get good at anything because you're always doing so many things. And I, I think um, definitely, if you draw a lot, write a lot. And you just get better, and you get better quicker. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, and the sooner you get better, the more chance you've got when you get older to actually get anywhere because your time is is so precious. You know, when you're older, but when you're young, you've got so much. Of it. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll be my my advice. Just do as much as you can, and always write down every single idea you ever have. I mean, as yeah, you know, okay. it's it's kind of a it's an important thing to do. So so never leave home without a notebook. <laughs> That's my uh, gospel gospel talk, isn't it? It sounds good advice. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit about what it's like to be an author. But if you weren't a, a writer and an illustrator, then then what do you think you'd be doing instead? Well, I, I'm I really enjoy owning a wood and chopping owning trees. A, what? a wood, oh, well, like wood. A, you know, a little bit of a, a forest, six acres. It's not very big, but I love chopping things and and cutting down trees and things like that. And so probably a lumberjack. I'd be a lumberjack. <laughs> And, and I think it's a very good thing to aspire to. It's a it's an environment that you can, you know, make things out of. I love building things ultimately. So, and, and do you want your readers to picture you then in a nice check shirt, <laughs> sharpening your axe, big boots? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Why not? I, I, if I could grow a beard, I'd have a beard. And, and like, you know, it's one of those things that I think it's just a lovely environment and a lovely way of life that is, is isn't as prevalent now as it should be. And is that a bit like the mouse hunter and being a pirate and kind of almost getting back to nature and the freedom of the ocean waves oh, and yeah, stuff? You're probably or right. I mean, I, 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 I haven't said this, but one of the things I would really love to do is go sailing on a big tall ship and, and just sort of travel around the world. I probably will never do it, but it's some of those lovely things, that are that freedom, which you just get trapped in a place you can't mm-hmm. get out of. So... Um, yeah, I think. I mean, I certainly find there's freedom in the wood, and I I love sitting there in front of an open fire and just 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 relaxing. Something very captivating about being staring at a fire and being out there. Sounds very cool. So so far we have published the Mouse Hunter, and then we have the Mouse Hunter: The Curse of Mousebeard. And and like I said, I'm desperately waiting for the next one to come out but what what do you think feel are the differences between the books as as you go through them 
Well, I, I do actually, I have kind of seen them as being separate entities. So even though it's a trilogy, mm-hmm. I've tried to do different things with each book because I think it would be very simple for me to rewrite the mouse onto and for everything to be that kind of same thing. So I always saw the first book as being a proper Treasure Island kind of okay. kind of story, but very in keeping with the Pirates of the Caribbean and, and that sort of uh, retribution angle and stuff like that. The second book, however, I wanted to be like Indiana Jones, so it's very much uh-huh. about uh, sort of a, a, a discovery. is about trying to find things that have been lost maybe for a long time. And um, I, I, I found that it's a real roller coaster adventure. It's a problem. I think yeah. there's not so many twists and turns maybe as the first book, and it's it's more a voyage of discovery. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you probably have bits of that in the first book, but it's this is this is about finding a, a lost world of mice and mm-hmm. and so experiencing things for a new time and trying to get across that excitement of discovering a new mouse possibly or uh, which is obviously what mouse hunting is about is finding all the new mice in the world so, so I was trying to bring that into it in, in a, and just trying to get some of that excitement through the characters and and uh, yeah be very. I wanted to make it very quick and very exciting though. I didn't want it to get bogged down okay. in some of the twists and turns of the first one I wanted it to be more of a straight through romp so it's, it's faster paced so what about the third book then what stage are we at um, and, and are, there, are we going to see any differences in that again well yeah again this is this is a very different well I mean not that different but it's very I, my mind was was set to do something based over three days and and it's set back in Old Town again so we've gone pretty much around the world and we've come back to where it all began Okay, and uh, it's set around three days of the World Mouse Exhibition <laughs> <laughs> which is obviously kind of inspired by Crystal Palace where I live and, and the great big exhibitions mm-hmm. they used to have there um, so yeah it's set around three days and the plot just it very much like some of those sort of films or something you'd have three separate days very distinct um, and and yeah it, it kind of it does finish it quite nicely I mean obviously things open up but yeah that's just been handed into my editor and I've had some things come okay. back some notes come back so there's a bit of work to be done um, not too much but uh, you know it's quite quite good stuff and it should I think it's going to be out in about a year but it's about a year's time and are you going to tell us what happens at the end then no oh <laughs> I'd be really giving it away we're not <laughs> okay so you've finished that third book and you've handed it into your editor and maybe there are some changes and we've got to wait a whole year before it comes <laughs> out which is so unfair because uh, I'm not sure I can wait that long but so so where next are you going to write more my stories or are you going to do something else well, I have got quite a few little mouse things on on my brain that are kind of there. I've got a Diary of a Mouse Hunter based in the past, mm-hmm. which I've actually done quite a lot about. Already already written quite a lot, which is something I was probably going to put on my website or just put on the blog, because it was diary entries would suit the blog perfectly. Okay. Um, and also I want to take some of the characters further. So in my brain I've got them already going on adventures and things like that. <laughs> but um, I do... So there might be sequels and prequels? Well, not, maybe not prequels. Well, I suppose prequels in the internet, but it would be different characters and it would be mm-hmm. just set in the world, really, because you don't really explore much of the world in the books, even though they go everywhere. It's all about the adventure. And, and, y- and yet you feel the world is very rich. You do feel there's oh, a well, lot that's, more... That's very kind of to, to say. But <laughs> I think that it would be... There, you know, there's probably still a lot of it to be talked about I don't mm-hmm. think pe- readers necessarily need to read more but after the third book because I think it's kind of a story that's complete and everything but you know it's always nice to do more with stuff if they if they want to but 
what, what about any other directions? Do you have any sort of news stories you want to tell away from mice? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm back in an, a completely different place now and dealing with yetis, but um, with I, yetis. I, can't, I can't really say too much about that because it's... it's um, I mean, I've, I've, I've almost finished the first book, so it's the first new book, so... Um, it's really exciting. It's, it's, it's a, a lot less twisty-turny, more of a, a, a proper little romp, and, and quite cartoony, quite sort of... Um, Okay. I, know, I mean, I always see things as uh, being very similar to animated films because I really love animation. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I want this to be an animated film. Obviously, it probably will never happen. But it, <laughs> it's so, it's so ex- uh, th- uh, this is how I'm visualising this one. The last one were kind of, you know, Indiana Jones or Pirates of the Caribbean. Or that was all there. Third one, Pulp Fiction. Um, <laughs> but this is now, uh, uh, yeah, it's sort of, well, uh, it's, it's sort of a Charlie's Angels cr- crossed with James Bond, crossed with. Yetis. If you if you can picture that, that's and, and, and that's a very hard thing to picture. <laughs> Maybe set I'll in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll have to wait for the film so I can really see it properly. So I thought that was brilliant. It's been lovely talking to you, Alex. I mean, I and really, likewise, Keith. Been I, I I just love your books. I can't wait for the next one. Um, and, and likewise, Johnny Mac too. But always thanks a ever so much. Thank you.